Yes, yes, and gentlemen, this episode is called Do the Opposite. We live in a world where uh, racism is one of the biggest things, but not only is it one of the biggest things, it has produced the results of what we call white privilege, uh, the money, the, with the financial system, the money system. Um, it has produced so many results that go against um, any and everything that could be beneficial to other people, especially black people or just black people, period. All of this was built against us. But did you know that at one point in time, the Atlantic Ocean was called the Ethiopic Sea? Once upon a time, the world was closer together than it is now. And we ran things and we ran things at a very high level. We did things at a high level. Uh, we traveled the world. Did you know that we used to take the Canary Current from the West Coast of Africa and travel to Mexico and kick it with the people in Mexico and bring gold and barter our gold for corn? Did you know that? Did you know that the map that you look at today isn't the correct way that the map should actually look? The map is bogus. The way they tell you to live your life isn't the way that you should actually live your life. The man, woman, and the black community should not be broken up. Even if the woman is on welfare, she should not push the man out of the house. Pay attention to the things that they are telling you, and you should probably do the opposite. When they talk about, I, I saw this video. The guy was talking about saving money. He says, uh, they always tell the working class, you need to save, you need to save, you need to save. So what we do, we get out, we get us a checking in and savings account. You know what I'm saying? We start putting money away, get maybe get the lowest interest rate possible on our savings. Mm -hmm. And we're expected to kind of like live this life of privilege or prestige or whatever. But the ones who's telling us to do this aren't the ones saving. They're the ones investing. Correct. You know what I'm saying? They invested in those very banks that you're using. You know what I'm saying? So to, to I, anybody the that's idea, listening. The idea of whatever you're told, question it and try yeah. to do the opposite. See and see what results you get. Yeah. There's a lot going on that you could do the opposite of and it could work in your benefit. Uh, yes, you should put your money in the bank, but you should invest your money. If you got a phone, an iPhone, you should put your money into Apple stock. If you got Nike shoes, you should put your money into Nike stock. There's nothing wrong with doing these things. You should make your money work for you. It shouldn't just sit in the bank and just collect. Your money should always be working for you. Um, I have Because your bank is going to put your money to work when you put it in your savings account. Yeah. They're going to actually loan that money to somebody else. Yeah, they're going to give your money to, uh, what do they call it, uh, hedge funds, the guys yep. on Wall Street. Your money gets bartered behind your back without you knowing it. And you um, get your, no cut. Yep, your 401k. Uh, they will take your 401k and play around with it. And if they just so happen to lose it, they will lose your money and you will get nothing out of that. But a sorry. So do things that, you know, can help put you in a better situation. Do things to help to help your money grow. Cause it's, it, it, it sitting in the bank, it ain't really doing shit. It ain't doing shit. Like even if you get you some type of interest on, the, on it, you're better off putting it in a Roth IRA. You're better off getting a, a, a term life insurance policy. There's different things that you can do to make your money work for you. Do the opposite yep. of what they are telling you to do out here. Uh, like everybody the, doesn't you know, have an entrepreneurial mind. 
No. You know, everybody's not an entrepreneur, but there are various ways you can make your money work for you that doesn't require so much of the risk that you may not be qualified to take. Yes, sir. But do the opposite. Think of the opposite. Whatever yeah. it is you think that seems to be the standard and the status quo, think think about it and just try the opposite. Yeah. To the young men and women from the from these impoverished neighborhoods all around the city of Chicago. When you look at the landscape of where you are, everybody's doing negative shit, aren't they? Do the opposite. Do the opposite. You'll get further in life figuring out what it is that you want to do than listening to those who are headed to a graveyard or a jail cell. If you are an artist, do as much art as you can. Put yourself, Surround yourself with people from the art field. They don't have to be the richest or the, or the dopest or the brightest people. But get yourself into that field. Get yourself around people who are familiar with that field and build, build relationships, network. Get yourself into those circles and into those communities. Because at some point, one day, it'll work out in your favor. Thank long-term legacy. Yeah. The cemetery is filled with motherfuckers who didn't get their dreams off. It's filled with motherfuckers who who didn't get their chance to make money because they didn't strive for it and they didn't know how to execute the game plan. Partly because... They were in these fucking circumstances and, and conditions. And they thought that it was okay to chase what everybody else was doing. But it's not. Do the opposite, man. Do the thing that's going to make your life better. Don't go doing what everybody else is doing. I'll say this too. I said it before. The jail system is full of motherfuckers that look like us. We got to stop that shit. The school to prison pipeline is a very big thing in our neighborhoods. You see how they're doing schools, they're cutting the curriculum out. They continuously change the, the way the history books look. That is all set up to put us either in a job working for someone or send us directly to a jail cell or the graveyard. And we have to be mindful of that and we have to pay attention to that and we have to reverse that because a lot of us or all of us are dope at a lot of different things. Some of you all will go on to be great speakers. Some of you all will go on to be great, great physicians, chemists, uh, doctors, lawyers, accountants, all this different stuff. But it's better than a graveyard and it's better than sitting in a jail cell when your life is on hold. Do the opposite of what these people are out here telling you, man. Y'all got life in y'all body. Y'all got chance. Y'all got the chance to change the 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 trajectory of your whole family based on doing the right thing. Take the, take the time out to do that. It's so easy in this world to be negative. I, man, listen, every day I wake up and I have to choose not to be negative. I have to choose not to. It's a choice. Because, but I come from the environment where motherfuckers wanted to test me. So I, now I got to test you back. But here we are at the age of, I never thought I would I would make it to my 40s. And here I am as a 40-year-old man in 2023 doing better than a good percentage of the people that I grew up with. And a lot of them ain't here. And when I say ain't here, I mean dead in a jail cell because they just rotting away or they dead in a cemetery rotting away. Do the opposite, man. Do the opposite out here. You got the time. You got the energy. Chase your purpose. Find out what your what your purpose is and chase that. Uh, we I said this on the podcast before. The man who did the formula, the applicate the cleansing application four hundred nine, 
It took him 409 times before he got it correct. So everything ain't going to hit on the first try. But if you keep going sooner or later, that one is going to take off. And then everything after that for you would just be repetitious because you worked on it so hard that it's so easy. Michael Jordan said over his career, he missed 9,000 shots or more. But they never pay attention to those because they admire him for the ones that he did make. Why? Because they counted more. But the 9,000 he missed are the ones that prepared him for, for the legacy that he had. So we salute Michael Jordan, right? We salute LeBron James for breaking, breaking the records that he's, he's broken. But work on a thing that can keep you going and get you into the spot that you want to be in. Because the streets ain't shit. The streets, the, streets, the streets don't have nothing for y'all out here. And it ain't a lot of money out here either. You know what I was thinking, bro? What's that, my guy? I was thinking that, uh, just while you was talking, I was thinking that the biggest, uh, I guess the biggest burden on the on disenfranchised people nowadays, currently, is complacency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, That's the, a fact. How quick how quickly we settle for what's right there in front of us, as opposed to like really putting ourselves up against the burn and the hurt and the pain that's going to drive us to be great. You know what I'm saying? Like people who don't even want to go to the gym have that same mentality, that complacency. People who don't work out in general have that complacency. They don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But the crazy part about it is, is life is about, the human life is about discomfort. Correct. The greatness only comes from discomfort. The slaves who 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 escaped with with um, Harriet Tubman, they chose discomfort over their current situation. They knew the routine of their day to day. You know what I'm saying? But they knew that that wasn't for them. So they got the fuck out that jam. You see what I'm saying? But it's a bunch of them who stuck around, who stayed like this ain't that bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be out here than potentially get caught and killed or potentially get get killed by a wolf on the on, or a bear on the way to wherever the hell we're going. How I even know she, where she, that she know what she's talking about. Right. That's the, the mentality. That's a complacency, right? The unknown. So we have, yeah, the fear of the unknown. Yes, sir. And that, that drives the, that drives complacency. It makes you, it makes you rationalize bullshit. It makes you rationalize what you consider to be your own personal safety over your own personal progress. Safety is a, Safety is a reward. It's not a standard. No. And what people don't you what understand, I'm saying? As, what people don't understand man, is you can't in this in this life, the way they have it set up now is that you can choose freedom or you can choose safety. And a lot of people don't actually know what their freedom is or the, exactly. or the, or the right to have their freedom. They don't know what it is. So they're choosing safety under someone else's guise. And when you choose safety, exactly. you have to take the conditions of what they of say. Whatever. The, yep. <laughs> of the rules and the regulations that they say of what safety is. You want to be safe? There's the rules. The mob used to do it all the time. All the time. They go around, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I know you don't want to get stuck up no more. You know what I'm saying? So how about this? You pay us for security. You, I'll, I'll provide you your insurance. That's what that's what Progressive, Geico, all of them is doing. They're selling you the, the, the quote-unquote guys of safety. Yeah. But they're holding you accountable. Yeah. So what people what people need to understand though is that you can't be so afraid that you're gonna lose, that you're gonna get hurt, that something may happen to you as long as you're doing the right thing and you're moving in the right direction. Move with a purpose. 
You get what I'm saying? Day yeah. in and day out, we, we we see people who who chose their personal safety over their personal progress. Absolutely. They stay, in, they stay in the same job because they already know what they're doing and they don't want the headache of being in this. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't want to be under pressure. You know what I'm saying? They be so scared when shit go down in the streets, but they live in the neighborhood where shit go down in the streets and they act so surprised when it happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they chose to be comfortable, complacent, as opposed to saying, man, I'm, I'm going to do whatever, whatever it takes to get out of this jam and improve my standard of living. You know what I'm saying? And that also means that the further up you go, it don't mean it's more time to kick it. It's more time to go travel and go and party and all those shit just because I came up on some more money. That means mentally prepare yourself for those next phases and challenges. Yeah. You know what I'm the, saying? The, the the better you get at something, the more you the, the better you get at something, the more you acquire financially. It means the more you have to stay focused and and, and the more you gotta you yeah. have more at risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go get you a firearm, do some firearm training. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause guess what? The same motherfuckers who was getting who who was on the bottom, looking up, trying to figure who they can stick up and rob? They ain't trying to rob a nigga who only got thirty dollars in his pocket. No, they look. They gonna at try you. to rob the nigga that they know got at least a thousand or more, or more than whatever the fuck they got. So you got to think about it right. like that. If you when you upgrade your life, somebody's always watching you. That's a fact. That's a fact. Whether a they fact. whether they inspired by you, and they want to you know what I'm saying they want to learn from you and they want to be like you because you're a role model now, mm-hmm. or you or you're a target. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way it go, man. It, it it ain't just black folks. Think about all the wealthy white people who go through similar shit. It might not be on the exact same parallel, but you think about it like this. How many times you hear about a, a, a wealthy person getting sued by somebody in their entourage or some shit like that? That's what that's who you that, somebody yeah, getting extorted. Yeah, it's usually gonna be in front of people you know. That's it how it gonna, go, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Because that person got complacent. But they got thirsty. That's what happened when you get complacent and you don't you don't figure out a plan. When life yeah. get rough for you, but you don't get comfortable, and all of that's when motherfuckers start taking out the loans, fucking they credit up because they don't got complacent. They went and party the way they fucking rent money. They cardinal money. They had a cardinal. They really they knew they couldn't afford, but they wanted that car. But you know what? I think that's that's that comes from a lack of. And I can I'll say it, I'll call it ignorance, but it, it the word ignorance just means that you don't know it. I'm not. It's not you're an ignoring. You're ignoring it. Yeah. You just is. You just don't know. You don't know any better. So when when some of us or any person that's broke or poor get a couple of dollars, the first thing we want to do is we want to feel like we did something, so we want to go spend. But the thing about it is we don't realize that the things that we're spending money on, they don't have no. They don't have any value to them once we buy them the clothes some of the shoes that we buy, a lot of that stuff don't have no value. See, that goes to my point, though, bro, because think about it like this, because you said it, like, you know what I'm saying, when you broke, when you, you poor, you're used to not having, your know, first inclination is to spend, but mm-hmm. you know, the first thing you're thinking about when you, before before you ever get that little bit of money, what you're going to do to do, what you're going to do different. Yeah. What you yeah. can do different. Motherfuckers always thinking about, always talking about it, man. I can't wait till I get, man, if I hit the lottery, I'm moving my whole family out the hood. When I do this, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Right. Or they right. get their little income tax and shit like that, or, or you know what I'm saying, they get that, whatever they get. They don't, they don't, none of that shit be in the forefront of their mind. Maybe I should just go ahead and do the right thing. No, the first thing they go, man, I'm finna, I'm finna give me some hands, I'm gonna get high. You only live once, can't take yeah. it with you when you Every, die. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you know what I'm saying? And the, and the other part of it is like, 
and it's not is of course it's not being disrespectful. How many people do we know that live on welfare generationally? They've passed it down from generation to generation to generation, and they've gotten complacent with the fact that they get this 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 money or the or this or that they're getting all they got to do is get their kids these shots yeah. and have their house inspected. Yeah, or, you know what I'm saying to fill out this uh this, this state, form instead of taking those income. benefits and using them to save for the next five to 10 years and get themselves into a, a, a home or buy a piece of property that can forever change their life and, and, and change the dynamic of the way their family works and moves. Dude, they have, they offer fucking uh, education, uh, supplementation and, uh, and work programs. It ain't just food stamps and medical, right? But a lot of these motherfuckers get on that shit and they reject the work program because it cut into the benefits. The only reason why the benefits are as big as what they are is because the system is assuming, hey, this person may need this for a little bit until they get on their feet. But they also know that if a motherfucker decide not to get on their feet, then we can go ahead and manipulate and, and, and triangulate a way to keep this same group of people out of the way. Because that's really what that is. You keep motherfuckers out of the way while the people who are out here getting money don't have to worry about them stepping on their toes. And it's they're not it's, in the way. You would think that some of us would have learned and paid attention to the things that take place when we on welfare, like the foods that we eating, the bad foods, all the sugary foods and everything. But it's almost but like it tastes good. Yeah. It just tastes good. That's, That's all. It's filler. It's it's not healthy. It's just filler. It just, There's it just, no education. No. They don't. They don't like. They don't think about it like this. What to me, it makes sense where uh, they do. Because uh, on my job, they had these little edu- these monthly uh, standardized trainings we have to do. Right. If I don't get, if I miss one for a month, I gotta go speak to my supervisor. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like once one every month. It's a different subject, uh, different criteria depending on what your qualifications are and shit like that. But we got to do them. That's the way that that's how they kind of maintain the the standard of what it is we should and shouldn't know. Okay. In terms okay. Of how it pertains to the job. Why why don't I think that because I pay money and you pay money into the this pot that goes to these people. My mom was on it. You know what I'm saying? I know what that shit look like. Why not kind of like require that they take some classes that you can test them on once a month? I if mean, you want you the best outcome. Just say, hey, yeah. I want you to take a take a a, a a child a child rearing safety, fire safety in the home class. It ain't in the class, a fire safety in the home test. You know what I'm saying? If because hey, you got kids at home, the motherfucker might burn. These are these we got ten questions for you to answer. Answer these ten questions. If you if a fire break out in your kitchen, how do you use a fire extinguisher? Yeah. Yeah. Shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Different stuff like that. Dude, it's it's 12 months in a year. You got 12 of them to do for the year. If you mm-hmm. miss one of them, you got to go. You know, that's when you get a call. And someone comes Stand- out to see about you to see if like if if you're if your living standards are up to code or if they have to take some of your benefits away from. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I think about it. And it, it, it's a motivator, too, because what's real crazy is like the more we know, we like to talk about what we know. You know what I'm saying? They, nah, we you gotta, love, to, you we gotta, love to talk about some new shit we learn. Yeah, that's cool, but at some point you got to put it to use, whatever it is. But I'm saying like the conversation becomes a, a community conversation then. Okay. You know what I'm saying? 
So like your mama, your mama got to take these classes, right? She got to take these little, do these little tests once a month because she on the program. She going to talk to her kids about it. You know what I'm saying? So her kids going to learn this shit because they ain't teaching that shit in school. So now you got a whole, you know what I'm saying? It trickles down. Mamas love talking about the little gossip that they learned, they got, or or what they had to go through today. And mama say in a heartbeat what she had to go through today. All the time. All the time. You know what I'm saying? Because women, women are more vocal. They're more social. And they pass it along to their children. So like, your mom, motherfucker be like, man, my mama said that if a fire break out in the house, you stand eight feet away with the uh, fire extinguisher and you sweep at the bottom of the fire and you'll put it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Those are conversations that, I mean, they sound minuscule now, but if you think about it on the grand scheme in the long term, what that looks like. And that's just one fault, one small example of what this entire program could be. If but there's no incentive. Man, people are not incentivized to upgrade in no way form form of fashion. But why should I why should you be incentivized to do the right thing though? Why should, why do I have Dude, to why do I have to right, patch you on the social back to construct do the right thing? though? That's a social construct. There, the let me say this too. Let me say this too. I'm not, you know, I probably shouldn't, but I'm gonna say this. There are people that I work with, you know, who want you to pat them on their back for doing a job that they were hired to do. Because they're used to that. That's what they received. They 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 receive affirmation on so many levels their whole lives. They they become accustomed to it. They expect it. It's like a dog. You give a dog, you 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 play fetch with a dog enough, he expects you to start throwing shit. Like they 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 were in there talking about it in this meeting. And it was like, um, I feel like you guys don't recognize me for for the stuff that I do, and I I I I kind of I was like what? And I was like, my fault, my fault. And then it, someone was like, no, go ahead and speak. I was like, no, I didn't have nothing to say. It's just it's crazy that someone says they don't get recognized for the job they do, but that's a job you kind of not kind of that's a job you really got hired for. You were hired to do that job. But Why people, does anyone have to recognize Some people are hardwired for validation, bro. Some people are hardwired for validation. I tell you what, I, I, I tell you, I tell you, like that. validate me this way. Pay me. Give me more money. That's all I'm saying. But see, I, you come from, well, th- th- you, I'm telling you, all of this is weaved together. All of this is weaved together well. Mm-hmm. We come from that, though. You see what I'm saying? The highest validation you can give me is paying me for my work. Show That's me it. that appreciation. All that pat on the back shit, I can't eat that. I cannot eat I that. I can't keep the lights on with that. No. You know what no. I'm saying? So that's how we are hardwired, that we come from that. But a person who's like uh, received awards at school and got the pat on the back from the principal and, and, and ranked number five in, in the graduating class and all that shit, they believe because of their experiences that validation is currency. And those are actually the easiest employees to please. You're the toughest employee to please. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? It's easy for the company to just go ahead. Hey, give him what he want. Give him a fucking plaque. Get him up out of here. Give him a certificate. Get him up out of here. Let Matthew is the one we really want to talk to. Yeah, it, because what, they get their best performance out of you being complacent. So whatever it takes to bring you to complacency, their price is way higher for complacency than theirs. So they'll never satisfy that with you. If he wants a dinner, go ahead and give him a dinner. What do you, what do you, want, to, yeah. you want? A team dinner? What, what does he want? You want us to pay for him and his wife or some shit like that? Nah, yeah. nah, nah. nah. You see no, what I'm saying? For you, the that. price is so high, but your perform your output is impressive. So they look at it like, all right, this is the guy we really want to keep happy, and we know that that's a, that's a tall meal to order, a tall order to to fill. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna have to work 
with Matthew to get that the the, the, res, the results that we all want. Whereas this guy over here, who all all he wants is validation. Mm-hmm. Shit, we got a closet full of validation. Yeah, that ain't nothing. We got some pre-made shit. Hey, just put his write his name on there in Sharpie and give yeah. it to him. And, and we and we'll write it off later on, on if it if it actually costs us anything, but because it's yeah, because it's, 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 it's easy a, it's fix. A low price. Yeah. yeah, it's an easy fix. Absolutely. Uh ladies and gentlemen, please please pay please pay attention to all the things you hear and see. You know what I mean? Especially if it rings your bell, uh, it gives you a funny feeling in your stomach, or it gives you a tingle in the brain. Sometimes a tingle in your brain just means that you need to research it and find out more about it. You know, uh, again, do the opposite. You know, uh, in school growing up, I think I've said this on my podcast before. In school growing up, they told us that Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin and uh, some guy invented the uh, Alexander Graham Bell and then invented the phone. And I was like, which one of these fools actually thought that they were making a job better for some niggas? Because none of them were. So why would a white man invent a so why would a white man invent a cotton gin to help us? I don't I I, I still to this day don't don't believe in no white man inventing a cotton gin. I think a black man said, man, I'm not about to keep picking this motherfucking cotton, bro. <laughs> and spending 16, 18 hours out in the hot fucking sun. Oh my mama. <laughs> what white man, what white man got up one day was like, you know what? Let's help these niggas out. Dude, I'm tired of these niggas suffering. When I was a kid, I watched this shit. I'm tired of it. I'm gonna do something different. I'm tired of them asking for a, a for a bucket of water. You know, let's this just water these coffee. <laughs> yeah. They got they got blisters on their feet, you know. They can't they ain't producing enough slaves. Right. They I, don't, I don't think it went that way. Alexander <laughs> no. Alexander Graham Bell had help from Lewis Lattimore. So did I, I think a lot of them guys had help. Because they kept a, they kept a nigga around. Yeah. And from what I know from reading historically. When you see black people standing in the side on the side of white people in pictures, the white person is the student and the black person is the teacher. From what I've read in history, the black person is usually the master. When they stand out to the side, they are watching like a ch- like a father watches a child. That's what's actually happening in the pictures. But that's that's just the stuff I read, and a lot of stuff I read ain't ain't it ain't been proven wrong. Salute to all the ancestors. Henry Henry Clark, Dr. Uh, ben, um, Ushaka Musa, Barashango, uh, and, and so many others. You know what I mean? Like I, I appreciate those, those, those people. Dr. Francis Cress Wilson and so many others that left some monumental historical books that kind of shaped the way that I see things. And not just shaped the way I see things. It made me more interested in intrigue to go out and find out more. Not just read one book and think that I know it all, but it made me read another book and another book. And then not just read the book, but study. And then go find out some of this shit for myself. So um, it's, it's important that you don't just take in the information that you that you hear. You know, I think Six said it on an episode, on an episode one time. You grow up and you get to an age of accountability and you realize that some of the things that your, your parents was doing, you find out that that shit ain't it. That shit ain't going to work right now. Or it was never going to work, you know? So instead of beating your head against the wall, trying to jump, you know, trying to jump through the wall, doing something incorrectly, step back and look at the situation and go, man, maybe this ain't going to work. Maybe I should do do the opposite. Maybe I should try this a different way. We got a lot of people running around here in the black community doing things the wrong way. It's time out. What they say, the definition of insanity is what? 
doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Expecting a different result, and you're not going to get a different result, you know? Life don't even work that way. <laughs> no, There's no okay. evidence of it in nature. Mm -mm. <laughs> you mm -mm. know what I mean? I it, that's what's crazy, man. It's like I was, you know, we when we was talking off mic, you know what I'm saying, and how all the all the realizations kind of culminate. They come to this 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 fine point, this centered point where it's like you kind of realize that it's big. It, it it's far bigger than just design at this point, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, it's like the Colorado River running through the Grand Canyon at this point. It's set in. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying this shit is on fucking on cruise control right now. I got a question. Do, away from this, on the history side, do you think that life could have started here on America in America before it started in Africa? No, I think that I think that the tectonic plate shifts too much for. I think the I think this continent ain't as old as I mean it's old, but it's not the oldest, and it's not old enough to even you know some be considered as such. I think that um because there are similarities. That's why I just I, I asked. There are similarities. The yeah. Mississippi River, the Nile River, uh, the way that you know we speak about or, or people speak about Egypt and all that thing, all that, and then you have, you know, Memphis here, and maybe there are correlations deep, you know, and things that might have happened. But I, I'm I'm curious about it. It's just something that I, I've been thinking about lately. I, I gauge. I believe that uh. I believe that our our recorded history only is, is super young. Mm -hmm. I think our understanding Absolutely. of recorded I believe our our understanding of recorded history is naive, and I believe that uh there there probably been like three three iterations of this, way before what we consider to be our modern, uh, our our our, our apex moment. You know what I'm saying? We're we're not we we where we are right now don't even measure up to where we've been as a species. Yeah, I, I think, think right. That, I think that we're at a low point right now, but that's just me. Keep going. I think that where we are technologically is probably a byproduct product of like discovering some shit that was buried away, mm -hmm. and and we probably found it late. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying. I think that the shit been buried away far longer than our recorded history's been around. Do you so, think like, that we found it late, or do you think that if it ended up in the wrong hands due to war? I think that I think that whoever found I'll say this. Let's say it did. Let's say black people had it the whole time, right? Just like you know, you know how you know how the conversations usually go. We had it the whole time. We didn't protect it well. No, we didn't. Because look at look at where it said now. Correct. So I would I would I would even look at I would I would use like uh I would use Wakanda as an example. Mm-hmm. Wakanda is domed off under a vibranium shield that can't be detected, that, that radars can't see through and shit like that, right? Uh, but uh, what was uh, what was his name? Uh, Neymar. T'Challa. Oh, okay. Uh, T'Challa made the announcement of vibranium to the world through, through the uh, United Nations and blah, blah, mm. blah. And kind of gave the world the whole uh, spiel. And that's what Neymar kind of got pissed about. Because he was like, dude, now these motherfuckers out here, you know what I'm saying, they trespassing, looking for the shit. Because your guy, who ain't here no more, thought, it, thought he was being noble. He done open up Pandora's I like, box. I believe that that's similar to how it was with us. I think like when the Moors went around trying to civilize nations and shit like that, they opened Pandora's box. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that like like nobody talks about Tartaria. That's where Russia sits now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That was an advanced civilization. It was a mixed community. It wasn't just white folks up there. It was yeah. Asians. It was black people up there. They were building fucking crazy monumental structures and shit like that. We don't talk about that no more, though. And that mm-hmm. and that civilization existed all the way up until the early 1900s. It's we don't crazy. talk about that no more. You yeah, get what crazy. I'm saying? It's crazy. And and the Tartarian is like uh, what what you would consider to be like like okay, it was a it was a a, a strip. It was a massive area in the Asian in the Eurasian area. So Tartaria was just what they called it, but it was a bunch of smaller countries in it. Was that you know also a like part of like be, Japan? Kind of like, yeah, like, no, you know, Japan is its own island. It's not okay. even bigger than, okay. but you would think like, uh, I would say like China is, or like uh, like Canada is, where all these different provinces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or the United States. The United States ain't up with 50 small countries. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's how that was up until it no longer existed. Or it should be. Nobody nobody questions why was something so something so massively uh and expansively uh successful just all of a sudden cease to exist. And why and why wouldn't that be possible to happen to what we got going on now? Nothing's off the table, bro. Mm-mm. Nothing's off the table. If it goes against the status quo and the, and the majority say, "Hey, this motherfucker got to go. We got to change this up." Who gonna who who gonna fight it? Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's almost like it's like El Rukins. They no El Rukins no more. They out here, but they it's not it, the 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 movement behind it isn't. That's isn't. the point I'm making. Yeah, that's the point I'm making. You know what I'm okay. saying? So like. When you when 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 the majority come in and say, you know what, we changing shit up. We got what you had. We own this shit now. Shit gotta change. Who gonna fight against it? A small a small minority of people. Yeah, but at that and point it's get, too late. And it's too late. It's too late at that point. And that's point. what happened with all this tech we got right now, bro. The world wars, I believe, was over technology. It was a technological war. I think they I think that they use I think that they used the the Holocaust as a as a mechanism, the same way they used uh the weapons of mass destruction as a mechanism. Who knows what the fuck they took from uh from Saudi Arabia when they when they invaded all those Arab nations in the early part of this century, bro? We, who knows what they really took? Yeah. But whatever the fuck they took is coming. It might even be AI. Yeah. The uh, only thing I was thinking of at the time when when they went when they said weapons of mass destruction, the only thing I was thinking about was dope and oil. I think it's bigger than that, bro. I think it could be. I'm just saying, is, but at the time, at, at the time, I was like, man, they, I they, think that's what they wanted us to think, though. Yeah. I thought they, I think, I believe they wanted us to, to think about it on the most basic level. Yeah, but whatever it is, it has to be life changing. It has to be. It has to shift the paradigm. Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying. Techno- technology, the internet shifted the paradigm. The, the internet is a utility. It went yeah. from being like a little gimmick. Oh, ooh, look cool. You can you can send emails and a resource blah, 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 tool. Now you need it. Yeah, it's like lights. Yeah. It's like gas. It's like water. Because motherfucker, motherfuckers went to war with countries. It, it got it's more to it than that. It's more to it than that. What did what did y'all what did y'all find underneath the earth? Man, what did it's y'all? A, it's find a massive resource. That? Yeah, a, whatever they got, whatever they took, is a massive resource. Yeah. It may even have something to do with the chips and shit like that. All the all the because all the precious metals that's required to run this internet shit. 
and to advance us technologically, you need access to those precious metals, bro. Yeah. Yeah. This shit don't this shit don't advance just by virtue of existing. It needs pieces and parts and people to be you know what I'm saying, for people to be uh creatively advanced enough to think of new ways to to push this forward. And, uh, and no boy selling heroin ain't gonna do it. Selling oil and, ain't gonna do it. And and the other part is, you know, there ain't no telling like what what the servers are actually going through. You know, if they're burning up because there's so many so much uh so much usage usage for yeah, the they internet. They gotta make it faster and yeah. broader. And you know they got a bunch of them in the ocean. They they fucking have whole service farms in the ocean and shit. But it's cooler down there. Just you know a heads saying? up, just a heads up, ladies and gentlemen. This may cut off on us. I'm not sure if it's gonna do it, but it just may cut off. I'm just saying that. Keep going. But yeah, I'm just saying like how, like whatever it is that we as a people have been convinced to believe and think, they're doing a good job at keeping it contained in a way where we can we can because we have real life problems, we have real life issues. Those real life problems and issues have been have been uh, nurtured. Mm -hmm. They've been, you know, what I'm saying, developed and 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 put in place in a way where they're, they're functional parts of a bigger scheme. It's bigger than just the way you feel. It's real life shit that's happening. Yeah. But the the thought of actually, like you said, do something different, switch it up. You could, you could, man, you could shatter this whole fucking facade. Everything that they're working on, everybody's decided, I'm gonna just switch it up. Yeah. You know what? Today, I'm not doing that no more. And if, if a million yeah. motherfuckers decided they weren't gonna do it or or ten million all this decided. shit come down. Yeah, if ten million people just decide, you know what, we're not we're not we're not I'm not, I'm not fucking with Twitter and Facebook and all that yeah. those shit. I'm gonna go out go outside. Yeah. We're not we're not working at the seaport, we're not working at the docks today, we're not we're not doing fireman work today, we're not doing construction and lumber work today, we're not doing none of this shit. I'm about to go be with my family for the rest of for the rest of the week. Yeah, give them give, give them a week to take a week and just do you. To do some shit that's actually fruitful, something that, that's meaningful. Yeah. Like you've been convinced. Decompress. Yeah. Decompress. You've been convinced that every bit of your societal uh, obligation is all that matters. But the same people that are convinced you of this are probably the most selfish people. And mm -hmm. they've already secured their legacy. That's a fact, man. To everybody again, do the opposite. Do the opposite. This country is it runs, man. It's it's a it's a crazy game, you know. And and history has taught us taught us if we continue to do the same things over and over again, we're gonna repeat it. And what it, from what it looks like, we're doomed to do it we're all. We're teaching over again. our children to do it, and we yeah. they, we're doing it without question. They don't even question why we got to do it this way. They we make it look so appealing, so good. Yeah, yeah. And, and they do it because they're being told. They trust they trust the person that's delivering the info. To all the and men who are listening, you are you're, the woman is the nature is a nurturer. You are the nature that makes you the order in chaos. All right, you have to be the balance of the two. You have to be able to discipline, and then let them have fun. You have to be able to teach them, and let them have fun. Young men. Older men, it is your job to make sure that you are the order in chaos. You are the nature in the household or to your kids. Hey, Six, did you know that a lot of single fathers do better than single mothers? Did you know that? Yep. Yep. And also know, though, 
that a lot of the court systems in most of the states don't even agree with that because they're still going by the 1955 doctrine. Yeah. And the other part is, especially they're if not you're not looking at modern statistics, especially if you're a black man, you definitely don't want, they don't, they definitely don't want black men having their kids in a home. We know that for a fact. Like, a, like having a father at home alone, like actually black fathers have been ranked better fathers overall. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're probably, the, we're likely, most likely the most active. You know what I'm saying? We're always, we're mostly present. I don't know a lot of dudes. It's crazy because I know maybe, I know more dudes who are active in their children's lives than I know that aren't. Yeah. You know what I'm um, but maybe it's just because of the circle that I've kind of kept myself in. And, and I, have, I think, I think the way that we grew up as well is different. Like we, uh, we don't accept guys in our circle that don't really take care of their kids. Cause you, you look like a sucker. And if you're going to be a sucker, I'd rather you look like a sucker over on the side without me. I don't want to be attached to you and your bullshit. You know, also I look at it like, I've always looked at it like if I if if you came and be reliable and trustworthy amongst the people that that depend on you, then there's no way I can have you around me because I can't rely on or trust you. Yeah, you're untrustworthy. There's no respect, and at some point in time, you will either create a situation and leave me hanging, or you, you your worth and value is 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 stuck to nothing. It's it's not it's not dependable. You're you're not dependable. Um. And, and over the years, I, I I was able to find out a lot about people who were like that. And here's the thing I say, because of my level of respect for certain people, I never talk bad about them either. Even when if they were deadbeat dads or uh, whatever the situation may have been where I couldn't deal with them no more. I never said nothing bad about people because of my level of respect. It was easy to just say, hey, me and that person just don't get on, get along. We don't share the same ideals. We don't click very well. So I just stopped fucking with them. It's easy for me to just do that than to just bad mouth people and bash them. Because I don't think some people understand, man. You, be, you get closer to an ass whooping, especially if you sp shared space with people and you sp shared time. You get closer to an ass whooping or you make yourself look bad by bashing people, by sitting around just talking about people and gossiping like a little bitch. You get closer to looking bad yourself by trying to throw throw dirt on people's name. And the way that I was grew up, the way I grew up was if a person throws dirt on, dirt on your name, at some point you got to come see them. At some point you're gonna run across them and you're gonna have to you gotta stand on all that shit. Yeah, they gotta they gotta they gotta justify it. They gotta actually address yeah, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't just you just can't speak on people and think that nothing will ever happen to you. It's it's in it's in the works. Like there's nothing you should you can do about that. So to everyone else out there as well, do the opposite. If you know if you don't fuck with people no more, just don't fuck, just don't fuck with them. You ain't gotta speak bad about people. I choose, I choose to just keep on going. But if I owe you something, I owe you something. You know what I mean? Like that's just the way it's gonna go. But it's easier to just walk away from a situation and leave people alone and say, yo, me and that man didn't get along well. Uh, that's what I'm gonna leave it at. Then to sit there and 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 talk bad about them because it also said again it says something about you that you had to sit around and dog dog people out. I, I I choose not to. I choose not to because like I said, at some point in time, if it was something, if it was some bullshit, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't gonna say nothing. And if it was some shit that actually affected me or affected you, I'm not. I'm still not gonna say nothing because that was our relationship and that happened between us. But if 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 it went bad, then it went bad, man. And you know what I'm saying? We're gonna deal with it when we deal with it. But you got people out here who don't have that level of respect. They don't have respect at all. 
I think a lot of times people be felt they be they keep themselves insulated with people that justify and validate their feelings on shit and people. So like a lot of times they got other people around them that be like, man, you are right. you you're a good you're a good person. That motherfucker did you wrong. Only yeah. because they sat there and listened to this motherfucker talk so bad about this person that they yeah. have become convinced yeah. that that person is right. Without so hearing now, the other story. Is, they never heard the other side. You know what I'm saying? So all they're doing is is validating and justifying this person's behavior. And I see it all the time. We see it all the time, bro. That mm-hmm. go back to what we were talking about, like with how you when you ask me how do women deal with it. A lot of the times that's how women deal with it. They hang around, they get around in circles of people that justify and validate it. Absolutely. We don't, men don't have that. Men don't. I, dude ain't gonna break up with his girl and go kick with a bunch of niggas that's gonna tell him the right way to deal with it. They're gonna tell him what they would do if they deal with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We kind of keep it, we keep it, we keep it so real that we're not going to hold you, hold your hand and you know what I'm saying, tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're gonna be like, nah, man, that was me. That's what I do. Yeah, because for for men, we are naturally trying to resolve the situation. Or come up with, yeah, or come up with sol- solutions for it to say, hey, next time if it happens, this is what you should try. Or hey, this is what I did. Uh, I don't sit around men who who sit around and bitch and complain and gossip about other men because if you are, it it, it more so says something it's about indication. you. It's a very it's, it's a very big indicator about who you are. You know what I mean? It's char- yeah, it's a, it show character flaws. Mm-hmm. You and, know what I'm saying? And, and again, growing up, I've seen people get get beat the fuck up. I've seen people get their head, their ears smashed together for talking about motherfuckers. So, you know, you got to be very aware and careful. But there are people who are reckless and naive to the fact that that can actually happen to to them. So... I think that nowadays, and like, I'm I'm not out in the world functioning like that to actually know how people communicate. But from what I can tell, nowadays, social media got people comfortable. Mm-hmm, very. And they will say they will do and say almost anything for likes and views and clicks versus thinking about what the real life ramifications of those words and actions actually are. One thing you know I never saying? needed though is is validation for for what I may feel is right. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. I just go off the logic of it. You know what I mean? I don't need right. nobody to validate the fact that uh uh. I, I like the color blue or you like the color red or or I believe that space is flat and you say that space is an empty void, blah, blah, filling up or whatever it is. Like it's two different opinions and trying to make someone else accept yours and believe in yours. You're seeking validation. You're trying to get someone to be convinced that what you're saying is real. And like I say all the time, I can let I can let people talk and listen to them. And be in total disagreement with total disagreement with them, and I say nothing about it. Like I hear you, I don't agree with that, but I hear you, and keep on going. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel you. All right. A lot of people cool. don't see you as trained as a boxer. You know what I'm saying? You have a, your, the way your your brain is not wired the way like people who have no completionist value. You know what I'm saying? Again, when I when I was talking about being a completionist, like. When we work on music, whatever we're doing, I'm thinking about what the end result will be and how we can kind of like round it out to make get the best outcome we can possibly get with working with what we have. You know what I'm saying? I'm always thinking about it like that. Uh, when we had Aisha on and she was talking about, you know what I'm saying, her business and what her goals are. And you look at you look at the, the evidence of it through her happiness, her joy, mm-hmm. just talking about it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? She has completionist value. 
Yeah, she loves it. You know it. what I'm saying? She loves it. Mm-hmm. You see, you see what I'm saying? When you guys, most people don't have that, bro. Yeah. Most people, most people don't have that. You know what I'm saying? They they send their kids to the room and they go get on their phone while they're sitting in the bed, or yep. they had a TV on, or you know what I'm saying? Nothing really to work on. No hobbies, nothing. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just don't. They hobby is getting drunk and high on the weekend. They living for the weekend. Yeah, when she you know told what I'm saying when she or told fucking. When she well, told me that she didn't mind taking last minute dinners, but she had to slow it down because it became too much. But it was something that she loved to do because she was always trying to please and and show mm-hmm. people that she could do it. You know, it yeah. let me know that she was comfortable with what she was doing and she was ready for any type of challenge because she had accepted that this is where where she was. That's what comes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, she really into it. And, that, and you think about these things, bro. And you look at how like we move as a people. We have been hardwired. Like, if you're not entertaining my fuckers, or in some form of fashion, or you're not like nowadays, is if you're not getting views on social media, you're not, you know, what I'm saying a uh, quote unquote influencer. You're not really. You don't feel that validation. And you already know that social media drives dopamine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? A lot of us aren't really wired for that. I don't care about that shit man that shit don't you know why i spent a bulk of my adult life not having to deal with it anyway correct we 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 existed before the the internet phase and before the app so it's easy for us to look at for me i can't i ain't gonna speak for you it's easy for me to just look at my phone at some point and 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 put it put it down put it down turn it off you know and man, read my, i'll let my battery go dead sometimes yeah i turn i turn my phone off bro i turn my phone off like I don't need to, I don't need to be, you know what I'm saying, wired in like that. It don't it don't do it for me. It don't it's not helpful to what I'm trying to accomplish. Now yeah. if I if I if we if if I got access to the people I want to have access to, I want to have conversations with, then that's good for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we got our group chat. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Sometimes we've been there talking shit for an hour or two. Absolutely. Sometimes we don't say much at all. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, is it's good for that. Anything else is actually, I might post a picture of my dog, some new shoes. You know what I'm saying? My girl and me go out, do some shit. Something like that. Something minor. Yeah. Other people use it as an absolute fucking tool to get attention. That's it. Not, they ain't get no money, just attention. Yeah. They're just scrolling all day, man. Just scrolling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nothing, and watching, watching videos, watching, and not, yeah, watching lives. Nothing is getting accomplished in the process of that. Like, what is what are your personal goals? Why are you sitting there watching other people? perform act a fool and get paid what is your personal goal like what are you trying to do did you accomplish your goal today was it just working your job even after you work your job did you did you go work out right did you have you doing something that actually make to advance your life in some form of fashion especially the men especially the young men work out man work out for real keep 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 your uh testosterone testosterone levels up work out go go play ball Go do something. Read a book. Yeah, man. Do something, man. Hell, read the book after you go work out. Go yeah. keep keep your body and your mind focused, man. Keep it sharp. Keep yourself chiseled, man. You don't want to yeah, be out here. Right you don't want to be out. You don't want to be out here sluggish and, and just wasting away, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. It's okay for those who just want to do that. But also add something to it. Add something to it. Use your body. Use your continuously use your body, man. Chisel it. Use your mind. Read read your book on your commute home if you're using a train or bus. Uh, you, use your mind on, on when you're at home. Meditate. Do things to 
to, to keep yourself uh, locked in. Don't just don't just get up and go to work. I say this too. Man, I am exhausted, bro. All this shit I'm trying to do out here. But at the same time, I am enjoying the ride of it. You know, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. It's a beautiful thing to, to have people want you to be involved in different projects, whether it be music, art, or 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 giving back to the community, being in mental work and shit like that. It's a beautiful thing. It's just about scheduling. It's just scheduling. It's, the scheduling just has to, to work out. And now I find myself at points where I'm trying to schedule a week or two ahead. So I'm going to tell you what's interesting to me. Plug 2, when I saw the news that Plug 2 from Dead Life Soul passed, not to date this episode, but... It's all love. It's coming out soon. Uh, but it kind of had me, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it ain't put me in a different mindset than it, than it, than a death of somebody of that magnitude or just a death of somebody I kind of relate to in some form or fashion, actually whatever happened, because Del Castro passed away, right? Yeah, that was shocking. When I think about it. When I think about it, I'm like, two different levels of guy who was actually passionate about what they was doing, mm-hmm. and they was doing it. You know what I'm saying? Two different levels of it. Because Dale Castro was running good product music. He had, he was constantly working, constantly promoting, constantly putting out people's projects and stuff like that that he was working with. And he was he was battling cancer. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of like, I like dudes can't make no excuses with me, man. People can't make excuses with me. Especially under the under the the premise of they don't got enough time. Here's the thing about it, man. You make time for the things that you really want to, that you really want to uh, get get access to. Like you make time for the things that you really want to be involved. But in. But people get comfortable and complacent. Yeah, yeah. Like if you really wanted to work out and get in shape, it's all about just getting up and going. You don't even have to go the whole your first couple months. You don't have to go every day, but get up and go two to three times a week. It's about just doing it. You know what I mean? Give yourself, give yourself twenty, give yourself twenty to thirty minute workouts. Yeah. Twenty yeah. to thirty minute workouts. Then they work up from there. And and one of the reasons when you say that, like, there are no excuses for me. Like when I hear it, it's like, fam, either you doing it or you're not. And don't try work on it. Either you're doing it or you're not. I'm not saying that you got to. I never think that anybody when they tell me that they're working on something, I'm not asking nobody to be the best at it right out the gate. I I, I done done 150 episodes of this podcast. At no time am I am I going. This is the one that's gonna blow me. This this is gonna uh get me over the hump. This is gonna be one that gets a million views. I never care about that. I love doing a podcast. You understand what I'm saying? I did the podcast when motherfuckers said I couldn't do it. I did the podcast when people said it was a dumb idea. I did the podcast when people told me I would be spending too much money trying to uh, hook all this stuff up and do it. I did a youth program when they told me I, I didn't know what I was doing. I did, said, I, I did I did I did I did music for years, still doing music when motherfuckers said that I was wasting my time. Same and it was here, bro. but it was never any it was never about what they thought that I should do. It's about it's about you trying to fulfill a purpose. You're driven to do something. Complete but, something. And and why are you telling me what I can't do when you're probably somewhere making excuses for stuff that you're actually supposed to be working on and you haven't accomplished over the years? And I see no evidence of completion in your life. No, you probably got one or two things done, but there's a bunch of other shit that you done left uh, undone on the table. 
You understand what I'm saying? Like I never, I never understood that. Jay Diller, Jay Diller battled with fucking lupus, lupus. bro, and worked on beats. And, and nobody talked about it. It was never even a conversation until he ended up in the hospital. No excuses, bro. No, no excuses. No excuses. There's a basketball player going around playing with one arm. And he getting better and better. No excuses. I ain't I ain't trying to hear it. I ain't trying Dude, to hear I'm gonna tell you straight up, man. On some real shit. And me and my brother had this conversation last night. And he told me straight up, he was like, the one thing he admired about me is I always surrounded myself with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And he said it wasn't even just like-minded people that was like, oh uh, yes, men and nothing like that, but people who understood what my what 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 I was into and they tapped into it because they was into it too. Yeah. And I always had that, I had the ability. To either pull that out of people or they would already own it and it was a natural connection. Yeah, that's a fact. I, I was never out here just looking for friends because I don't need that. I remember when I came around, I was like, all right, I'm going to work on the music. And then a, a conversation broke out and he was like, yo, I fuck with you. need to come around a, a, a little bit more. And that's that was like the end all be all right there, the beginning of it all. Yeah. Um, I And the, the best part about it was because I kind of like threw something out there and and it kind of stuck. And then you threw something out there and it kind of stuck in the room. And mm -hmm. questions was asked. It was like, well, what do, you, what do you know about this? Or what do you know about that? And we and we've been we've been ingrained in, in conversation and, and music and culture ever since then. But you know, and it, and it, it ain't even about the music though. And that's what made the, the music was the seed and the tree that grew from it. Ain't even just it ain't just music. No, nah, my nigga, I done sat around and showed and we done watched boxing. I done told you what to look for. You just sat around and told me about how you break down beats and what you look for. Like it's just different things that that come that come up in conversation. It ain't just it ain't just music. You my yeah, guy. Like I, I look yeah. at it, I look at it beyond. If it was just music, I would I would only call you about music. But we talk about everything. We talk about everything. Life. Everything. Just life. Like the where we come from, what that looked like. You know what I'm saying? What it was like for me to be a father. You know what I'm saying? All of these different things, man. That's and see, that's the thing about it, man. It's like a lot of people don't. I don't think people value those types of bonds and relationships too much no more because they're dealing with a lot of trust and yeah. and commitment issues and stuff like that. Yeah. And again, it comes to me, and it always go circle back around to the whole completionist concept. This is the same thing with people who don't have like functional relationships. You know what I'm saying? People who can't people who can't uh, maintain a a decent relationship with somebody because when it start getting real, they feel like they need to run. Yeah, and and you running doesn't saying? help. Running puts you in a bad spot because it means, like you said, completion. It means that you can't fulfill, see this through. You can't see nothing through. You know what I mean? And, and that that that's a handicap. That's something that you need to work on and say, man, you know what? I really value that person. If you actually value people and you respect people, you will see it through. You will make sure that you get an understanding and and, and be able to clear the air with people. Um, but I also understand some relationships aren't worth seeing through because. There are certain things that you can do doing a friendship, a relationship, a fellowship that aren't. It's it's a uh, what what's the word I'm looking for, or the phrase. It's a no fly zone. Like you 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 may violate. You know what I'm saying. Right. You may violate by saying speaking. On, yeah. yeah, you may speak on certain things, and certain people may go, "Yo, I don't I don't fuck I don't play around about that shit." So, um, and, yeah. and, but see that comes with it though. Like that's when you set your own personal boundaries and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? People, some people don't give a fuck about nobody else's boundaries. They just feel like uh, 
you owe it to them to, to be a part of their life because they can't function without having that level of commitment. But see, that's childishness. You know what I'm saying? When you're out here in this world, it's cold out here, bro. We we at the most civilized we've ever been in the last thousand years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Since since the since the dawn of our recorded history, we're at the most civilized. So that means that we're most we're the most comfortable. We don't have any natural predators, no natural threats. We're at a point where we're our own predators and threats. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So with all that says, like we don't have any real context for for survival. And, and thinking about what our next move should be and being committed to something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's why that's why we're we're so so uh attracted to action movies. That's why we're so attracted to um TV shows like The Walking Dead and and uh The, the Last, Last of Us and stuff. Like because those shows those shows are about commitment. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Those types of movies are about commitment. And struggle. That's why yeah, it's about overcoming some shit. Mm-hmm. And we don't we can we can watch and read and hear about these stories and those stories keep us we, we can be there without having to deal with it. Let me say this concerning The Last of Us. On the, on the last episode that just came out, uh there is a part where the young man was what was the young boy's name, Sam? Mm-hmm. The young boy said he he wrote the note down to the uh to what's her name, Ellie. Mm-hmm. He wrote to her and he said, are you scared? And she kind of made a joke about it, but she said, yeah, I'm scared all the time. That reminded me of a time where growing up, and I'll share this. I think I shared it before because we talked off air. Growing up when my mother, when a car, the car, the car water heater blew up in my mother's face and my mother's skin was just burning. Like it was just like melting off her. You know what I mean? And we had to go through dealing with watching that, seeing that, hearing her yell like that, the smell of it. You could smell it over the gasoline and everything else that was in the area. Or at least I could because I have a sensitive smell and all this other stuff. But uh, dealing with that, my sister had asked me, my older sister asked me, she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm cool. She said, for real, are you okay? I was like, I'm all right. She said, why does nothing bother you? She said, are you scared? I was like, I ain't scared. I'm not scared at all. She was like, are you worried about mom? I said, yeah. I said, I could have, we could have, I could have lost my mother. I said, I'm 10 years old. My father ain't around. And my mom almost just, my mom almost died because of a, a, a fault, some, some shit with the happened with the car. She was like, so you, you, are you worried? And I was like, yeah, I'm worried. I was like, because where do we go now? Like, we already in a fucked up, right? We already in a fucked up situation. What happens next if, if like, this is, you know what I'm saying? Are we going to the Audi home or or what happens next with us? You know what I mean? So I related to that, you know, because it took me back to that moment. And then in a couple other moments uh, with me and my older sister, when we would talk about stuff um, as far as being scared or, 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 or feeling like, you know, like, what's going to happen next, the nervousness or, or anxiety of it, you know, like, I don't, when that happened, man, I think I was just so, I was so sad, but angry because I couldn't do nothing to help my mom. You felt helpless. Yeah, I felt, I did, I did, I felt helpless, but I don't, the fear of it, I think it bothered me at first, but the fact that it took, it took hours for her to come and talk to me about it, 
I think that I think it was a couple of hours before she said something like I had gotten over the fear of it. And I was just like, all right, what's what's going to happen next? What do we do now since this has ha- happened? Um, we're in the custody of the police. The police are watching us. It's, it's, it's me, my sisters, my God, brother, my God, sister, like we all together. Like what happens next? Like, are, are we are we going to jail? Like what's going to happen? Like who's going to come get us? You know, it was all that going on. So you, I, I kind of was like looking for the next thing to happen. What's the anxiety? I'm, I got ang- I got anxiety. I'm nervous about what could happen next. But it took me back to that moment, man. In that, uh, in that episode when when Sam was uh when they were, he, him and Ellie were playing around with each other, and I was just like, man, that was just so relatable to me, you know. You know what it is though for kids, because everything you saying I could relate to because I think about like that's how it was when my mom and my dad broke up. Like, like mm-hmm. all right, now what? You know what I'm saying? Like, if this is what's changing, now what? Yeah. Because I couldn't really contextualize what, what decision-making looks like from an adult's perspective, but still, I was curious, like, all right, this ain't this don't look good, now what? I've heard stories about how this goes, now what? And it kind of got me thinking, like, how, like, uh, when all that shit was going on with my parents, and I watched how, like, everything kind of, like, uh, manifested into a new challenge, a new a new era. I'm introduced to all these different demons, all this different evil shit, all this bad shit, living on the low end. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so all this different stuff going on and how I adapted to it. And I thought about it, I was like, you know what got me through a lot of that? Affirmation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, uh, that's when I started getting into rap. You know what I'm saying? I used to write my little raps when I was like nine, ten years old, but I didn't, I didn't think nothing of it. But I started taking it more seriously when I didn't have shit else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My mom and my dad broke up. Life started getting real, bro. I was like, we was out there. Yeah. And I was being affirmed by people in my life that was kind of like, and I don't know, man. I don't know if it, it is more or less like, uh, I don't know if it was validation, but it, I was definitely affirmed, bro. Because people were like telling me how dope my raps was and stuff like that. And that kind of kept my, kept, kept put the blinders on me. Gave me something to look at, something to focus on. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Where all this Bullshit happened in my life. Cause shit, once my parents broke up, shit just started crumbling down. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Piece by piece. Like my Mm -hmm. mom was a nurse and she just thought in her head that she she was good without him. And that shit came tumbling down. And our life just started going. We started taking major L's. But I was now, dude, for some reason, I was just focused on my pen. I was focused on my pen. Me and my crew, I had a I started a rap crew. In high school and all this old shit, you know what I'm saying? But then we start moving around and shit like that. And I started learning how to network. You know what I'm saying? And I started establishing my own my own reputation. And it ain't had nothing to do with my mom. It ain't had nothing to do with my dad. You know what I'm saying? And mm. on top of that, I kept my little brother in the tuck. I wanted mm. to protect him the same way I, I had isolated myself from the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That affirmation, I was affirmed by my peer group. You know what I'm saying? People saw something different in me than what was already commonplace. Because everybody was learning about the streets. Everybody was, you know what I'm saying? You Between the ages of 13 and fucking 18, you learn everything you can know about sex in the streets. Yeah. One thing I learned during that time is is patience became a, a big thing because patience and, and re- learning how to remain calm. You know, in, 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 the, in the way of adversity, and, and when when trials arise, you have to have some some type of calmness and, and peace, and be able to stay to stay centered when it's all going wrong. 
uh, from me boxing when punches are coming mm-hmm. your way and you may have gotten clipped, you know what I mean? Or or you may have lost your foot and, and a guy's charging in. Or you just got a guy that just likes to come forward a lot. You just got to learn to re- relax, man. And as it comes to you, you know, know what to do. Know how to be pro proactive or in, or just know when to react to everything. You know what I mean? It, it, that was one of the things I learned at a very young age. It's like, never let, keep you alive. Yeah. Never let someone get you out out of your out of your out of your box yeah out your out just off the square remember as we used to say growing up don't let nothing get you off your square and out your body to the point where you're reacting to things the wrong way um gotta always control the scenario control the narrative stay stay disciplined and through that i'm not gonna it's not that i was disciplined all the time because it took years to learn that because there are just times like growing up there was the pride and ego makes you want to prove to people that you know you you ain't no punk or you ain't no sucker you ain't no hoe so you go through that phase but as you get older and you you become more aware and more knowledgeable of everything you you do better you, you when you know better you do better and you realize that the patience kick in you know and it, and it tells you look we don't have we don't we ain't, we're not worried about that if they're not physically doing anything to us we don't have nothing to, to really worry about you learn how to assess a threat yep but if it's but if it's in defense of your mother or your family regardless of what they say or do, you might have to just go, you might just have to go ahead. Yeah. You might have to just go ahead and bite down and, and show them what, show them what you're actually capable of. So it's, it's always a, uh, having patience has one of the been, been one of the things, man, I'm very grateful that I got it. Don't like the way I got it, the situations that, that, that it was brought to me, but, um, I'm appreciative of that because it teaches you a lot, man. It teaches you that you can through patience and through being able to relax you're able to see the character flaws, not just the character of other people when they're when they're being ignorant, dumb, and stupid. You're always able to recognize that when they're doing it. And it's one of those things that I, I'm very grateful again to be able to have when you're able to notice those things when you're dealing with people, you know. Work. I think that's a big thing. I think that uh because it kind of got me thinking about like how to how the uh street organizations were back in the 80s and 90s. And how like a lot of when all the organizational aspects of it started to dwindle away, when the criminality of it became like the forefront, when niggas hustling and you know what I'm saying, and trying to take over drug territory and blah blah blah. Yeah. And it kind of made me think about like what where structure, having some discipline, could actually make us a formidable opponent to all this bullshit, but we just don't have any of the structure or discipline. And that comes again from like not having any male role models, father figures, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I had to, you know, I can't say I learned it all on my own, but that it was a small period where I had to learn some of that just by myself oh, yeah. to, to get through. Yeah, trial it, and man. error. Yeah, yeah. But once I once I got into the gyms and, you know, the other thing of having was I had art because I don't know, I'll, I'll let people, I'll let people in on this as well. Um, I started doing doing art around eleven and making money off of it. By the time I was twelve years old, actually eleven, I was making I was making money when I was eleven. You know what I mean? I had I had the I was shoveling snow during the during the winter, and I was doing I was going around the city doing art pictures um, and paintings and everything during the summer. So I was able to make money, and that was another form of being able to relax and and just stay in the moment for me as well. So. Um, 
And I salute to everybody, man, that motivated me to do that, man. Because it was it was like a dope hustle to have to have have art in the summer and just be able to paint pictures and shit like that. But definitely. Uh, to everybody that, again, if you're listening, if you get upset, do the opposite. Whatever if your mind is telling you to knock a motherfucking head off and you don't have to, do the opposite. If it's not in defense of your life or your family or your kids, do the opposite. Don't let nobody talk you into some sucker shit to the point where you make a bad mood that takes you away from all the things that matter and you end up in a graveyard or a jail cell. It's too many niggas sitting in a jail cell right now over stupid shit. A lot of niggas is in a lot of niggas or there's quite a few men sitting in jail right now for following behind some dumbass nigga or some dumbass bitch. It's a lot of niggas sitting in jail or in a graveyard because a woman told them to do something and now they pride and ego. They wanted to prove that they could do it. Never could be their sister, their girlfriend, their mama, their aunt. I mean, because women are, we're supposed to defend our women, but a Mm. lot of dudes don't realize that the woman you dating ain't really your woman until you make her your wife. That's a fact. Until you make her your wife, y'all still courting. The person who's supposed to be defending her are the males that are actually related to her. That is the that is the truth. That is not your woman until she is your wife. And if you get up, get out here and defend her, and you get killed, you lose your life. You will lose your life, and this woman will move on without you. She will not care about you. If you even if she up, your baby mama, she ain't, if she ain't if you haven't made her your wife, bro, your defense should be over your child. Everything should be related to your child. Absolutely. Do the opposite, man. Do the opposite. opposite, man. We could do better. We got this. Yeah. G- gauge the situation very well. What what makes you want to defend uh, defend this woman? Be careful. What makes you, you want to get involved in any of this? Absolutely. Drama. Are you are you really equipped for what this may turn into? Because you know mm-hmm. when it come when it's beef amongst men, shit can almost go lethal eighty percent of the time. Eighty percent of the time it can go lethal, and on top of that. Because you are not aware of who that person is, it may turn into some other shit. And you know, increase the odds of your own demise. Yeah. You're not assessing the situation properly. Correct. Getting involved. That is correct. Hey man, I'm gonna take a break right right quick, bro. Yes, indeed. We back. A6. Uh one of the questions from the podcast. Are you a misogynist or male chauvinist? Nah, not at all. No. I love women. Your beliefs or thoughts on women shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be taken or perceived to be male chauvinistic. No, I don't believe so. I think okay. that um, I just think from a practical standpoint, I view things from the from a father's angle. I look at things like I, I believe women should should indeed, in fact, do whatever they feel like they should, in fact, want to do with their bodies. You know, I think that um, but there should be some sort of checks and balances and accountability like there is for men. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's all. I just think that uh, we're in a a strange time right now where a lot of people aren't really even willing to have these conversations unless they come off as being or perceived as being a negative because people are afraid of what the conversation might reveal. Okay. Just asking because that's one of the questions that I got asked, and I, I think I might have answered it on a podcast with Creed, or I did a a, a questions and answers, and I, I think I may have answered the question. I can't remember for myself, but um, right. my response to that is no, I'm not. 
I don't know. I just think that the biggest thing that matters to me is the family aspect. And I think we're so yep. far off, co off course that uh, the women feel one way, the men feel one way, and we're not coming together to kind of sort things out to make sure that we, we balance it out and make sure that we push the family back in front and have the man and the woman lead. Well, the man lead and the woman uh, is right next to him. As a support. Yeah, as a support. Yeah. I think that I think that if women do want to leave, let's say a woman does want to leave, which I'm pretty sure a lot of women do want, and we don't have to be on this topic too long anyway. But if a woman wants to be in a position of leadership in the household, it's she has to know it has a lot more to do with just the, the finances. I mean, because the expectation of leadership on a man is always way more than just finances at all mm -hmm. times. There's so to take finance, on that role... Yeah, it's the maintaining of the household in general, man. You gotta you gotta make the tough decisions. Yeah, he might come ask you what you think, but guess who 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 they gonna come see when shit go wrong? Yeah, the maintenance of the you know house, the maintenance of the vehicles. Uh, man, all, all that all that stuff. You know what I mean? And again, and we, if a woman wants to do it because she saw her mama do it and her grandmama do it, hey, by all means. But you got did they do it alone or did they do it with a man in the house? Yeah, yeah. Just one of those things, man. I don't know if I had asked you before, but I wanted to put it out there and get your get your uh, answer on it. No, um, I'm not. I'm not. I love women. I'm a uh, very strong advocate for women. I'm raising my daughter with all the bit of, all the information on both sides that I can con conceive, and I always have her have these conversations with other women to confirm with, or at least help her understand the other side of it. Because it ain't always about what you think in the moment. Some things are way deeper than what you perceive. You got to have these conversations. You got to talk it out. All right. Last good movie you saw. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I still haven't finished. I watch it in parts. That movie is perfect. That movie is perfect cinema. Even a goofy shit was was in the right context. It wasn't like it was just, I'm going to make a stupid-ass scene for the sake of being stupid. It was it actually fit the, what the theme was of the film. Yeah, it did. But I was just like, all right, I I, I can't watch too much of it because now it gets it get, makes my mind go active and then I want to go do shit. So I have to turn it off at a certain point, like work on a movie podcast like an anime. or do something. Yeah, I have to work it's on a like podcast. It's like a live-action anime. Yeah, do 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 some some music, or I had to do something because it's like, yo, you got to get active, you got to get active. Um, I forgot my other question. Oh, do you have or can you name your top five comedy movies? Top five comedy movies. Yes, sir. That's tough. I never even thought about those movies, but I can think of like, let me see. I first have to determine which one is my number one. You just don't have a top five. I mean, I, all right. So I mean, right. not a, not 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 in a rank, but I mean, if you want to rank them, you can go I ahead mean, and rank top them. five. So like five being uh, the lowest of the bunch would probably be uh, Life with Eddie Murphy and, and uh, Martin Lawrence would be five. That don't make it a horrible movie. Is in my no. top one hundred? It's just yeah. the top five. Yeah. Uh, number four would be half baked. <laughs> half baked probably would have been higher if it was 
if it just had all the right pieces in place, that would okay. probably be the perfect movie. Okay. But yeah, half baked right over life. My number three would be. Oh, this is a tough one. It'd probably be Cable Guy. Cable Guy. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't expecting Jim, that. Jim Carrey is so fucking. That nigga, that motherfucker was at, he was at his peak playing that character. Him and Ben Stiller going off each other. The only other movie above that, I would probably put, it had to be uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Tropic Thunder, right above that one. So I got okay. one more. It's my number okay. one. All right. My number one is Trading Places, Eddie Murphy. Trading Places, Eddie Murphy. Okay. Yeah, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Okay. Nigga, my shit is eclectic. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm li- I'm thinking about that like trading places. Trade places is fucking hilarious. When you actually watch it and you realize that some of that shit was real life happening. Like it was it was it's based on some real shit that could happen, but it was so fucking over the top. All right. Okay. Questions about it. Mm-hmm. Where not not about your list, but about these specific movies. Where would you put Coming to America? It'd be like my sixth or seventh. Okay. And then what would you put Hangover? Hangover would probably be like twelve. Really? Okay. It's down there. It's funny, but the, some of those gags didn't don't age well. Okay. All right. All right. All right, that's all I got. Anything, <laughs> anything else you want to add? Yeah, no, that, those are the questions, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't done the questions and answers, but some of those right. questions that come in, they're kind of like repetitive. They just ask them a different way. So it's kind of like, I got there's, you. there's no point in asking the same question over and over again if we're going to, if we're going to either, if I'm going to answer it uh, live or, or you're going to come in or here and answer it in, a, in something else and then, continue to just pound me with the same question like you don't it don't make sense to keep keep asking the same question i get you i think that a lot of this i mean this is a subjective line of questions anyway because it's based on my own personal taste right correct correct like i know that uh as a community we have this this notion that we monolithically like the same shit but that ain't necessarily always the case you know what i'm saying and like a lot of people will put Fucking Big Mama's house in their top five, yeah, some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Some, you know what I'm saying? D- depending on where they come, what what era they come from, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? My era is like the oldest movie on my list is Trade Places. I was a fucking young ass five year old kid when that movie came out, maybe. But mm. my dad was playing that shit, and I'm like, I was sitting watch it with him. And when I got old enough to realize what that movie was about, it hit even better for me. You know what I'm saying? Some movies haven't even grown on most people yet. That movie grew on me. I think I remember that movie. I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. That's the movie where uh, Dan Aykroyd was a stockbroker and, and, and Eddie Murphy was on the streets hustling and shit. He was, uh, in the beginning of the movie, he was on the, on the little board rolling down the street acting like he was blind. The police stopped him. He ended up in jail. The uh, he he bumped into Dan Aykroyd somehow, 
And if Dan Aykroyd bosses two old white men wanted to bet that Eddie Murphy can make them more money than Dan Aykroyd and, and created a scenario that forced them to have to switch roles. Now, Dan Aykroyd on the streets poor and shit, and Eddie Murphy worked for these two white dudes. And they bet $1. One dollar. One dollar. And fucked up Dan Aykroyd's life. And, and, and gave Eddie Murphy this this level of ego and prestige before he realized these motherfuckers using me. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is, is they decided to get together. They at some point they they intersected, and uh, they decided to plot against the two white dudes. Okay. And it's a it's a dude. That movie is written like. I very feel like well. there was a right shit like that. I feel like there was a movie similar to something like that where a guy like someone made a wish or something. And uh, and the guys ended up trading places with each other, and um, I can't remember what oh, this, it was. This shit was like some Illuminati level trading places, you know, like in the the the, the ones where they wish on it, like or the ones like uh, some movie Big with Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. where it's a wish that's made. The kid yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I'm talking this, about. This shit is a two old white men financially powerful enough to manipulate the lives of these two dudes. And force them to switch roles in life, mm. dude. Think about how deep that is, bro. <laughs> think about that. That shit was this movie was funny as hell. It had uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. She been around for so long. Yeah, I yeah, she's been around for a while. Yeah, that, that was a long good movie. time. But yeah, you know, I got to stick around on movies. I just that once once the topic came up. You kind of had me reminiscing and shit, thinking yeah. about it now. Yeah, that's why I brought that one up. I was like, this is this is something away from all the seriousness of the topics that we go into. So, right. end it on something lighthearted. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we are done here. Six, is there anything else you want to cover? Nah, man, I think I'm good. All right. As always, if you're listening to the podcast, we are at the end. Remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in driver's seat if it's taken. We are done here. Y'all be safe.